Hey everybody, getting help is not a sign of weakness, and trust me, I needed so much help getting through my situation, it was unbelievable. But as I got the help, I learned that I had to own my outcome. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. Um, In the end, I think when you own your outcome, you become much happier with the results, and so, maybe a little bit more evolved as well. Like you mentioned, I'm I'm always trying to figure out how do we how do we fix things? You know, how are we gonna make something different, make it better? And so when it when it comes to the people that helped you recover and heal, everybody that was in some way a part of this journey with you, what gestures or type of support had the most impact on you? This was massive. Um across the board I had so much help and support and take that with my own drive um, I had a pretty good opportunity you know but you know there's everybody that helped me and then you say okay well who were who were the keys all right like you know what, what were the keys and this doesn't mean this help was more important than anybody else's help. So I want to make sure that that's clear that I totally appreciate everything before. The ones that stick out in my head, though, definitely to my physical therapist. So the very first one is um, Katie Flores. She's based out here in Ventura, California. So she got me when I was an absolute mess and my body barely worked. My arms wouldn't go up. And so picture from the torso upward as one giant piece, including the neck. So it basically turned like a robot. And I was scared because I didn't know what the hell was going on. I was traumatized. I was in a lot of pain. Um, So she did a really good job, I felt, of reading the mental trauma along with the physical, physical injuries. And then she took away some of my fear and walked me through the mental safety of actually doing some of these exercises. Because slip and fall and I'm done. So I was a very, very rock bottom. Um, she even saw my loss of surfing dilemma. And I talked about that in my other podcast because I was basically a surfaholic and the, the, the jury was out on whether I'd ever be able to surf again. Like just wasn't safe. And so she went and researched some alternatives to surfing in the water. And one was this guy that was a quadriplegic that actually surfed uh, laying down and she was helping me look at different types of equipment that may be positioned aboard. And this is before the doctors just said, Hey, just don't do it. You know, but she took this, she took this keen interest on top of the physical stuff to help me with the mental stuff. Um, and then to help me figure out how I can get back in my Zen spot, which is the ocean. All this was pretty tough because the doctors sure the, the doctors weren't sure what was possible with my injuries and my metal neck, but she took this little extra step to address the mental and obviously my my surfing my my morning of the surfing um, and made me feel a lot better about it. Um, the other physical therapist is uh, Megan Bishop, and she's in Studio City. I don't want to plug core conditioning physical therapy in studio city california so megan i call my spirit igniter because that's what she did for me and i could never properly articulate what she did for my life um yes i get yeah that's her job but she she did more she noted my big goals and she managed me through the reality what was possible and she kept those goals pretty high for me but nobody knew because of my injuries again 
I, my neck is fused together with metal rods from C3 to T2. So that's a pretty big thing. Um, but she helped me come up with the active lifestyle recovery plan. And she, she was just marvelous through the whole thing. Very intelligent woman, um, very skilled at what she does. So she turned over a lot of stones and really helped me kind of get this master plan put together and, and push me and encourage me. And that was, that was huge. That was like the key, the big, big key. So as I started to on my, and, and I want to share this as I started on my ultimate goal. So my ultimate goal was to hike with a 35 pound backpack for like seven or eight hours. That was the big goal. So I'm standing at, and during the pandemic, Yosemite was empty because there's no international travelers and stuff. So I was there with my buddy, Dave, and, um, and he was with me when I crashed. So I'm, we're standing uh, at Glacier Point looking at Half Dome, and I have the full pack on, and Half Dome's in the background, and I just held up a sign that said, thank you. And I immediately emailed that to Megan and just said, 36 pounds, like she got me there. And since then, I've sent her many thanks for each fun activity. And like when I paddleboard across 14 miles across the ocean, and I've done so many activities since then, I can't even name them all. But in my head, sorry about that, I just hit the microphone. In my head, I say thanks, Megan. I just do. Um, there's two other people. Um, is Enrique Lopez. So Enrique's my neighbor. Now this guy's 68 and he's living life to the fullest. He paddle boards, he paddle surfs, he hikes, he mountain bikes, he road bikes. This guy's, he's living a very active, happy life. But Enrique is the master behind getting me out in the ocean on long distance paddle boarding. And this is important because the doctor said no go on the surfing, just too dangerous. So He's the one that helped me transition from my loss of surfing to loving the paddle boarding. And he's the one, whenever I wanted a train to go do this paddle across the ocean from, from the Channel Islands to, you know, the mainland, it's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Load the boards up, we'd go. He was there the whole way. Um, huge. And now we're all like addicts. We've got like the group of six of us that go paddle boarding out in the ocean all the time. Then finally, I'd say my buddy Dave. Um, Dave was with me on the mountain that day when I crashed in his approach. Dave's a very quiet, simple guy, but don't underestimate the depth of this guy. Um, so he was obviously traumatized too, right? Through this whole thing. And Absolutely. yeah, and I'll, and I'll say it, Dave saved my life. It's that simple. He, he thinks that, no, I just did. Um, it needs to be said. He definitely saved my life. But during my recovery, I'd give Dave updates. And generally, he said the same thing. He'd say, that's awesome, buddy. I'm very, very happy for you. And he said it with that slow, purposeful tone. It was, it was amazing. And you could tell when he spoke that it was very, very deep, genuine, and very, like, meaningful. So I knew it was also helping heal him. So that was good for us. So he and I climbed Half Dome together, and that was pretty epic. But what was funny is when we, when we got our packs and started going for, like, the seven-hour hike, I just stopped and just started crying. And he's like, are you all right? And I was like, Dave, I just can't believe we're about to do this. And I can't believe that I'm doing it with you. Look at all the shit we've been through. Um, 
And then um, we stood up on the top of ta- Half Dome together. And again, it was during the pandemic. So we were literally the only people on the top of Half Dome. So people don't know what Half Dome is. Google Half Dome Yosemite. I was on the top of that rock with the guy that saved my life. And that was the exclamation point on the whole thing from when I crashed to being there. And um, I would say those are the four that just very, very pivotal. Of course, you have everybody that helped me, but these were very pivotal, pivotal, pivotal to me. Right. And each one is really talking more about the emotional, the mental um, pivots. Yeah. Than even the physical. They all helped you physically in your physical recovery, but I think mental is the huge transition there. It was bigger. Yeah. Mental was bigger than the physical. So I'm one of those people that never knows what to say to somebody going through hard times. Like maybe there's someone listening to this that is trying to help someone else go through something similar, some big life event. So from your perspective, the patient's perspective, how can a health provider, a therapist, a friend, a relative best approach someone going through a trauma like yours? Yeah. And this has actually happened a couple of times because I've, I've went and met with a couple other people. People have asked me to go talk to a couple of people that have had pretty bad accidents and broken necks and stuff like that. And I physically met them in person and talked to them. Um, I would say this, never tell a person they're lucky or it could have been worse or they dodged a bullet. They know. And I hated hearing it. I actually, I know it's well-intended. That's a natural thing to say. Um, But what you can simply say is, I have no idea what you're feeling but I want to help. So I'm going to stop by or call you each day just to check in. And don't say, if you need me there, I can get there. And don't don't put the other person on the hook, right? The person that's like going through the challenge. Instead, just kind of take ownership of it and say, I'm coming to see you and schedule time accordingly. But absolutely don't tell them they're really lucky. It could have been worse. Um, So the two people that I have talked to, I talked to their family as well. And they're like, and I gave them that advice and they're like, thanks for telling us that because we would have never thought of that. And so you just don't say it. Yeah. And I would have never thought of that myself until I I experienced it. Yeah. Because you want to make somebody feel grateful for what they have. Like, yeah, it could have been worse. Could have been worse. You're so lucky. At least it could have been this. (laughs) Right. And it's like, hey, just say I'm here for you, however you need me. But I am, I will check in on you. I will call you. I will be stopping by. That's awesome. It's good advice. So what do you think you learned most from this, this event, this life chapter? Um, I think obviously we talked about put your own plan and goals out there in life and go for it. But I also want to say if there's a medical situation like mine, it was pretty bad. Um, you have to be your own health advocate. You have to go chase down the, the, the physical therapy the right way. You have to push the doctors for questions. Research stuff on your own. Um, I went and talked to one doctor, and I said, hey, what about you know the next phase of things? Can I do this and this and this? And he was like, you're just lucky to be alive, and you shouldn't do anything. You should sit and basically watch the birds. Like, oh, okay, you obviously don't know me. And if and if you saw what I've accomplished since I didn't listen to him, um, because that was not a practical answer. Um, so turn over the stones on your own and don't wait for others to do it, right? 
Build your own plan for your life and then just go do it. Chase it. Own it. So knowing the life you've had and the adventures you've had and the experiences, I don't know that you're going to answer this question. If you could talk to your 25-year-old self, what advice would you give yourself? Ah, the Wizard of Rich, Kimberly Speaks. <laughs> I'm 55 now, so I've learned a couple things over the years. I would hope so. Yeah, I'm a very slow learner. <laughs> um, I would say, what, what would I say to myself if I was 25? I would say to myself, slow the hell down a little bit, but still have the adventure and still... Don't follow the system that they put in place for us all. I would still tell myself that. Don't, I got the job, I got a dog, I got a picket fence, I got this, I got that, I got the car, I got the furniture, I got the, I got the, da, 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 da. Don't live the scripted life. I would still tell myself that, but I would definitely tell myself, don't live the scripted life, but slow it down a little bit because, geez, I got away with a lot of stuff over the years. Maybe you didn't appreciate things as much. I don't know. Even reflecting on the experiences. I think you do that a lot more now. Yeah. And and maybe I was not aware of the true experiences that were really in front of me too. Because I was blown through life pretty fast. So you know what's coming. What's the lesson? What's the overall lesson here? Um, Let others help you when it's necessary but you have to own it. But then also you might be surprised with the joys you get by exploring new things or a new path or an event which causes you to pivot, such as my paddleboarding. Like I used to make fun of these guys, even my neighbors that paddleboard. I was like, hey, how are you guys doing? You're going out there with your board and your crutch? You know, I would give them crap all the time. And I was like, you know, and now next thing I was like, hey, can you guys uh, help me find a paddleboard? Right? You know, um, and now I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. That's awesome.